Welcome to Married to Movies. Industry insiders John Russell and Tracy Kring live and work happily in cinematrimony. They're sharing behind-the-scenes adventures of writing, producing, and appreciating films. Good morning, babe. Good morning, babe. You made us pancakes. Yeah. Well, you know, our little banana pancakes. They're a little bit mushy, a little ugly there. That's fine. Does it really matter? Nope. If you think about it. Nope. What do you think about that saying, that you eat with your eyes first? What about blind people? There we go. That's the kind of wisdom you can expect on this podcast, folks. (laughs) Brilliance. Brilliance. Oh, I think it is, like, lovely whenever it looks pretty and everything. But, well, sometimes messes taste really good. By the way, what's with the music? What music? You said... That you don't like starting your day with music. You will often wake up and like turn something on. And it seems like it'll be like in a specific mood. Mm-hmm. Yesterday you woke up and it was Neil Young. I think Neil Young probably is, across the board, good music to wake up to. It wasn't like I wanted to listen to Neil Young. There was a specific song of Neil Young's that I had not heard in a while that I wanted to listen to. But this is my thing, especially when you ask, like, Alexa to do the music. Yeah, um, you have to say it really quietly, or Alexa will hear you. She's already bleeping at she's us. She's already, her. like, her, She's already going, lights, 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 She's lights, like a little Cylon over there, and it, it's she just is back, a and, back and forth thinking about how to destroy <sighs> us all. But she will give you what you ask for and then start giving you the things adjacent to what you ask for. And I don't like that. I don't like going on these weird musical journeys. Especially <laughs> you don't like going on weird musical journeys, okay? No, especially in the morning because, like, I'm not gonna wake up and just like start listening to like some raging music. It affects my mood, and what most often happens is it makes me mad <laughs> because music is so manipulative, okay. and I just want to have a period of time where there's really nothing going on and no sound that I'm just myself. There was a period of time when I would listen to my morning mix. And I named it John's Crappy Playlist. That's true. How did you feel about that? About hearing John's well, Crappy Playlist every morning? One thing that I did enjoy was you'll usually be in the kitchen washing dishes or working on breakfast and I would hear like this one song every morning. Right. And I would hear the clanking and smell the coffee and that kind of became like a comfort song okay yeah but the other songs on there like she wants revenge oh that's a little much in the that come yeah yeah that comes later in the playlist yeah, yeah that's a little much for me at like yeah. 8 a.m yeah that, yeah i agree i agree usually we are like we're, we've turned the music off by that point yeah and that's what i do the minute i get up and like sit down and can have headspace. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Alexa, shut up. We have lots of cool nieces and cool nephews. All really, really amazing kids. And we just got a new addition. Oh, yes, that's true. Bo Rubin was born. My sister had her baby. He's a little miracle. Mm-hmm. Bo Rubin. You were cruising around looking for something to watch last night. I was. And you were on Netflix. Yeah, we. I ended up with this uh, George Miller movie that um, I'd always heard was not very good. 
And it's like, it just kind of hung out forever in my head. Like, maybe I should try this out. Maybe I should try 3, this out. 3,000 years of longing? 3,000 years of longing. Okay, well, I appreciate that. And I'm sure the world is just dying to hear you. What did you review. think of it, Tracy? I was going to tell my Netflix story. I understand, but what did you think of 3,000 years of longing? I watched about 15 minutes of it. It was fine. I love Tilda. Yeah, I love Tilda, too. She was the only thing really... Tilda Swinton was I, the I mean, the two of them, it, it, it was her and... It was Drew Selba. Drew, yes, yes, yeah, him, exactly. Exactly. They were the only real reason to watch the movie. Well, they're pretty much the only people in it, so... Well, there you go. So you're suggesting they watch the movie, then? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's not important for you to watch the movie. There's nothing about the movie that you're just like, boy, I'm so glad I watched that movie. I thought it was well done. It is well done. It felt like a fairy tale that didn't have really a moral. It, it well, didn't have a point. Look, no, the, the thing is, yeah, the thing is, fairy tales need to be a little dark. Yeah, that's true. You know, they it, need to be a little subversive. They, yeah. They need to go against the tropes of the time. Mm-hmm. And it, I, as far as what I saw and, and randomly heard, I did not feel like it was very biting. There was a there was a lot of naked women in this. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Remember that the one guy he believed the, his mother put him in the room full of... You didn't watch it. I didn't watch okay, it. Okay. That's right. Okay. Anyway, what is it that you discovered? You were on Netflix and you said, hey. I thought you would cut Netflix off. In protest. Well, I had canceled my Netflix subscription because, and it said, you've been a customer since 2014. Wow. 2014. Wow. Almost 10 years Mm -hmm. I've been using and paying for Netflix. Yes. They were like, you know, are you sure you want to cancel the subscription? And I said, yeah. I did it out of solidarity with the union. It was not supposed to renew for July. Well, it had. And it had charged a card. And the card was the last four digits of the new card. Spoiler alert. Now, how did Netflix get that information? I had never changed my card with them. Never. Netflix was like, ooh, there's that new number. Let me well, go ahead and renew I'll just tell this you, Netflix. I chatted with them. I said, why has this just reestablished itself here and not stayed canceled? Yes. And she said, well, someone must have your password. And I said, no. Someone, huh? And then... Um, someone named Net, last name Flix. And I said, well, then how did Netflix get my brand? new debit card number Mm. and she said well someone must have put in their card their credit card information and i'm like no it's mine breaking news the internet steals your information look i'm calling them again today i'm mad well i think that you versus netflix there's no doubt who's going to win that battle me Me. I canceled it. Right. And they reinstated it. I know. And look, having canceled it, there was no real reason for you to go back into Netflix because you knew it was canceled. So the the fact that it could have been charging me every month for a year and I never would have gone back and checked because I knew I canceled it. Right. They would have gotten that money. They would have stolen that money. So, yeah, I want to know what the fuck they're doing. Okay, so in my defense, I forget which streaming services I actually have 
and I periodically check different ones. Okay, great. To see if I have that streaming service I anymore. appreciate that because I turn them on and turn them off. Exactly. All of the stuff here with the uh, with the internet and, and with AI and with SAG-AFTRA and, and all of this is the chickens coming home to roost, okay? this These are all things, you know, we were all so excited about what James Cameron, you know, uh, did with uh, Avatar. And then James Cameron's like, I'm gonna make, you know, five Avatars, that's all I'm gonna do. I'm gonna make Avatar movies, you know? And it takes him like 12 years to make Way of Water. And by the time he makes Way of Water, this technology, honestly, James Cameron invents technology too. Yeah. You wonder, maybe James Cameron has something to do with everything that's been going on. <laughs> I, I, I saw something online in it and it basically said uh, that I thought was interesting. And they said SAG-AFTRA and the AMPTP fighting over uh, AI is like a couple of dinosaurs who are trying to just like kill each other. And then the oil is what's gonna be left behind. And whatever is the oil, that is what the new thing that will come out of the entertainment business. I mean, we are talking, no matter what happens. Okay, let's say SAG after wins. Okay, which I, which I believe that they will. Silicon Valley can just go out and not follow the SAG-AFTRA rules that the AMPTP and, and them come up, and they can create their own services. They can do the motion capture. They well, can do all of Well, let me ask you, you know, let me ask you this. They can take uh, people's faces. Okay, let's say that you had made a movie and it was up for an Academy Award. Mm -hmm. And it was competing against an all AI made feature. Right. How would you feel? I mean, I you understand. Feel like I worked this many hours. Sure. I put this effort in. This was right. my creativity. This right. was my talent. This was the talent of many, many people. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. But how do you think that painters felt when <laughs> photography came into being? But the photographer okay. still painters were painters were like, art. wait a second here. I mean, I do this. This is what I do. And now someone is just going to be able to just take someone's picture and do their portrait. But a painting. Uh, without any realization that photography becomes its own art. Yeah, it, it will. So painting does not die. Photography does not replace painting. Photography well, just becomes its own thing. So what I'm saying is, is that AI <clears throat> productions will just become their own thing. Yeah, just like video games or something. Right, of course. That's, that's fine. But I think the distinction should be made... You know, so that we're not we're not competing against completely artificially created things. I agree. You know, no, I wouldn't want a situation where the next Avatar movie was going up against the next AI movie. No, that's not fair. Thanks to our sponsor, Movie Mode Merch, the graphic t-shirt store to outfit you for your next film set. Be the person wearing the t-shirt everyone asks, hey, where'd you get that shirt? Cast and crew alike love these inside jokes and filmmaking inspired designs. Check them out on Insta at Movie Mode Merch. This company has completely modeled South Park. They've taken all the episodes and, and broken down like the background. Did you watch it? What? Did you watch any of the episode or anything? Because no. I was wondering, if was it was it funny? I don't know if it's funny because okay. I don't know. When I ask AI to be funny, like rewrite this in a humorous tone. Right. And it's like a Vulcan uh, telling a joke. 
Well, what a 10 year old thinks is funny. Mm-hmm. It's not fart jokes, but it's not funny. Like laffy taffy jokes? Well, it's not clever. Right. It's missing that element of comparison. You might get a really good laffy taffy joke. You might. South Park, they've got it all modeled. They have all the characters, they have all the voices. Mm-hmm. And they said, we're not actually releasing this. Like, we're just doing this as an example to show you what's possible. Right. Right. So, but what you do is you type in a prompt for whatever you want the episode to be. Right. AI writes it, animates it, voices it, puts all the elements together and creates a show for you. And I think, yes, I think that is where shows are going. Well, I think that's really interesting that that they would use South Park because South Park was... It's very rudimentary. Well, exactly. They took something that was like unattainable, which was animation, Mm -hmm. and they found a way to stay incredibly current because they can create a show in a week. Yeah. Which is an impossibility for something like The Simpsons or, you know, Futurama or something like that, which take months and months and months to animate. If in the future AI can sample video, Mm -hmm. then that's going to be really interesting. I think that, honestly... I, I, I always hear, you know, because I'm uh, I'm a huge, you know, rock and roll fan. And, you know, and I, I love heavy metal. I love, you know, I love all kinds of different kinds of music. And you'll always see people online and they'll say, yeah, there's no good music now. No, there hasn't been good music for like the last 30 or 40 years. I still listen to music from the 70s and the 80s. And I know that that's ridiculous. No, it's not top 40. No, Nirvana, you know, in the 90s being like the number one uh, single, that is not happening. That may not ever happen again. But there's always music. It just goes somewhere else. It comes from somewhere else. So I don't think we're going to lose anything. I think film got too expensive. I think it is a bloated dinosaur. And I think that uh, I believe Barbie cost $145 million to make. uh, And it... It, it proved itself to be a giant success. Oppenheimer was $100 million to make, hmm. which is, you know, it, it almost seems like Oppenheimer should be more money because it was like About a... About a huge bomb? Well, yeah, and, and it's a period piece, and it's, you know, yeah. you, you've got all that. Well, did you see the, the behind-the-scenes on the Barbie film where they actually had built a sliding, rotating set for the driving. No, I didn't. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't like CGI in the in the little Barbie convertible in the desert. Almost like the ooh, I'm like I'm I'm gonna pronounce his name wrong. The uh, rocket the moon with rocket in its eye and I don't remember his name. Alexa, who directed the nineteen twenties movie From the Earth to the Moon? From popculturetimes.com, Ron Howard has directed the movie. <laughs> No! Ron Howard? No! No, it's not Ron Stupid bitch. It's not Ron Howard. What a stupid bitch. Oh my god. You also know it from the the style from like the uh, the Smashing smashing Pumpkins video. Practical effect. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Where the, it's all about sets and, you know, movement and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right. So I think that's really interesting that they would sort of return back to that. So I was working on, um... 
this crowdfunding campaign mm. for a documentary called A Culinary Uprising, The Story of Bloodroot. And um, it's like very, very female heavy film, which I love. I thought you said culinary uprising. What's that? Well, that's when you eat something that doesn't agree with you and you have a culinary uprising. I have a southern accent. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have a southern accent. <laughs> Does everything have to turn into a pun with you? Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm God. walking Laffy Taffy. I guess. I had gotten the hard drive and we were really like, you know, a week or so out. And I had gotten the hard drive from from like delivering something to get it approved by Seed&Spark, that is. Right. And then we had another week until the campaign launched. So I was just kind of like cruising through the footage, trying to kind of like embed things in my brain, which I, I can do, you know. I have a decent memory when it comes to footage. It's always annoying, though, when you lose where it was. Because, you know, you're just watching, 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 watching. Like you having to scrub through everything. Yeah, yeah I'm scrubbing you, yeah. through as many things as I possibly can. Right. Pulling sound bites that I like. And mm -hmm. I turn something in and it's like three minutes long, which is, you know, a little long. Especially the way that I cut it. We cut it down to like a minute 40 and then got more feedback. And it was missing like the uprising part. Right. And We so had the culinary, but not the uprising. The director and I worked and like talked and talked and talked and talked because she was like, man, this is a lot, you know, this is a lot to think about. It's a lot to figure out. And I was like, well, this is the thing with crowdfunding, especially with a documentary. I think it's hard with a feature, like with a narrative, it's easier because you had a script. But when it's a documentary, you don't know what the film's really going to be yet. With documentary, it's almost like you're directing the film after. You're, you're assembling in, in the shooting of it. You're thinking of like, oh, that was interesting. You know, something somebody said, you're trying to get you know evidence around it you're trying to gather story around it but you really don't know what's going to be in the film until you you got to give yourself though a good stockpile a right. good pantry to, to pull from so that if your recipe needs baking powder you always say that about my sister-in-law diana that she has a great pantry she does her pantry is incredible if I could name a random spice and she would say, oh, absolutely, I've got that. Yeah, and it's like, oh, shit, this calls for pecans. Deanna would have pecans. So that's what you're looking for is a good pantry for a documentary that you can pull from. Because you'll do like a uh, rough edit. You'll do an assembly and you'll watch it and go, you know, what we're missing is this. Right. Or and we have to go back and we have to, go to the back. footage. got to go back for the pecans. Right, you got to go back into the footage and find it. So anyway, you know, I explained to the director that um, it's hard enough to cut a trailer to something that doesn't exist yet mm -hmm. as a film. I, that's always difficult. But it's even harder to cut a campaign video for something that doesn't exist because what happens is you have to figure out what it might be. Right. What it might look like and where the story might go. So there's a lot of invention to the point of almost trying to be psychic within 24 hours um we had the final voiceover in there and we had the final video and the next day at noon they launched so they have been launched and they're on Seed and Spark, which I really appreciate Seed and Spark. I think that everything that has gone through Seed and Spark has succeeded. I've never had been a part of a failed campaign, and I've never had a failed campaign on Seed and Spark. Well, Seed and Spark, it's more uh, specialized. I mean, they really 
They decide who they want their campaigns to be. The first time we ever used Seed and Spark was on This Is Nowhere. And the um, producer of that, you know, brought Seed and Spark to the table. At that point, it was a more new platform. They put us through a rigorous feedback session. Mm -hmm. They don't do that anymore. (laughs) I think they have too many things going that they can't really do that anymore. They give you one very clear round of feedback with notes. And then pretty much they're going to approve you. I think that you did a brilliant job. And I and they started their campaign. Yeah. And every time you start a campaign, it's just like, well, the, uh, the videos know, getting, are people going to come? You know? The video's getting some really good feedback. And um, yeah, people are wanting to post it other places. I appreciate that we are, as all of these transitions are happening, that we are trying to make them fair and we're trying to make them right. But we're eventually we're just going to have to embrace the change, you know? And I think that you, well, you've, you've started to do that. You've started to diversify. And I think everybody has to diversify. Well, I love AI as a tool to make pitch decks for films, mm-hmm. as a tool to visualize something uh, for someone. I mean, you know... I, well, you had talked about our uh, our sci-fi film, Origin. You had talked about maybe there's an aspect there that we could make an AI movie. Well, I think it's possible maybe... Um, okay, so we have this script called Origin, and um, we, we wrote it and knew that it was going to be a very high-dollar sci-fi, but we did that on purpose because we have this team of amazing CGI people. So... Um, you know, it was it's really beyond our budgetary abilities right now. Oh, gosh, yes. Um, but it's still a great story. And I think that I have always wanted to do a stage play. So I pitched you the idea of turning it into a sci-fi theater. I think it would be really cool. I think when sci-fi has come to the theater, it has been successful. I would totally go and see Alien on stage. Mm-hmm. Why? Why would I not? My brother, uh, Jason, was in a production of Terminator 2. Yeah. And it looked pretty freaking amazing. Yeah. I loved it. I think it was a musical, right? Yes, it was yeah, Terminator it was 2, the musical. Yeah. Yes. Great idea. I haven't figured out how to just take a theater, like a, a movie, mm-hmm. a final draft file, and make it reformat it itself into a theater Okay. format. Okay. I need to do some research on that, because that would be a hell of a lot easier than having to do it by hand. You were watching some show the other day, and you said, hey, these are AI-generated titles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that was... Uh, opening se- titles. That was Secret Invasion. Okay. Right. Secret Invasion had AI, you know, opening titles. Right. That's a job. Mm-hmm. That's a job that just got eliminated because somebody used to animate those titles. We're going to lose jobs to AI. Of course. I was looking at, at an AI for social media people to edit their videos on, and it has a lot of AI integrations. And one of the stats that it said was like 50%. Of the, you know, graphics and, and stock stuff, this company was able to cut. You know, I think it was like Xerox was able to cut like half its budget. I saw a meme where... Wait, where... I'm not done. Okay. This other one was the company had cut down on time and outsourcing of the work right by 95%. Jeez. That's like editors and animators and that's a lot of people with without work. But once again, I saw a meme and it, it was uh talking about the jobs that were lost and somebody brought up when electronic drums and drum machines came in for drummers 
in mm-hmm. the eighties. Mm-hmm. We haven't lost drummers. It's just that the drummers have incorporated the drum machines in what they do. And we should be embracing them. We should be harnessing them to make what we do faster. And that's definitely what I'm trying to do. I actually on Seedenspark campaign I had told the director when we were working on the voiceover, throw what you have into chat GPT and give it the tone you want and see what it spits out. And it spit out something that we edited and that's what the voiceover was. Like right. it really the thing that it did, which was interesting, was it enhanced the points that we were as humans, we were not really realizing that they were as big as they are because we attach emotion to words. Interesting. Okay. You know, like we might say, I love you, just as an example. There's a lot of different emotions attached to the word love. Right. You know, respect, appreciate, need. There's so many words attached to that. But like AI might elaborate because it doesn't attach emotion. It knows it has to communicate it. Right. What AI picked up from what we had, you know, put she had put together was that um, there were things not communicated that should have been communicated. When we saw that in front of us, we were like, oh yeah, that's a good point. It figured something out that we hadn't figured out. And there's probably going to be purists, you know, and like people who only shoot on film. There's going to be people who only shoot without a vinyl. Vinyl. Yes. I mean, like, yeah, I don't think anything dies. Hollywood is saying, you know, it it all belongs to AI because AI is the future, and the uh, Native Americans are going to get wiped out. Well, in in this scenario, are we the Native Americans, the actors, and the filmmakers? I don't and... think we should say that. <laughs> Probably. I love the way that you criticize my analogy right in the middle of it. Like, well, they're indigenous people. First of all, they're not what uh, you said. I said Native Americans. That's that that there was no America. They were indigenous to this country. Okay, yes, they were indigenous true. to this land. Okay, okay, not Americans. Okay, fair enough. All right. Okay, all right. They have their own nations. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Don't be such a bigot. The the look that she is giving me right now, folks. If you know me, you know the look. You, you know. know that. Trust me. You know that. Look. I was like, why is every? You, sometimes you say some really, I I think, like um, tone deaf things. Thanks for listening to the show. No, folks. you're not interested. I it really enjoyed it being on the show today. <laughs> I really enjoyed being your whipping boy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> It all started. It all started with the bad pancakes. No, they were delish. I think they were just maybe a little undercooked. No, I'm not stopping it. (laughs) Stop the show! Stop the stop the show! It's hard not to get romantic about movies. Thanks for listening to Married to Movies. John and Tracy will meet you for breakfast tomorrow. Thanks to our sponsor, Movie Mode Merch. Comfortable graphic tees made by and for awesome filmmakers to wear on set and off. Check them out on Insta at Movie Mode Merch. <laughs>